And I want to, without further ado, I want to introduce our uh, birthday girl for 28 years, Natalie, and my sponsor. I want to thank Roy for giving me a candle, and I want to thank all of you for being here. Um, it, it is a miracle. I came into Overeaters Anonymous in 1966 on March 24th, which was two days after my natal birthday. And at that particular time, I weighed 365 pounds. If you don't think this is a miracle, uh, well, then I'm sorry for you. <laughs> uh, it is utterly inconceivable. At that time, the reason I went... I was dragged almost, well, she couldn't drag me. She was about that big. Uh, But I lived near SC. She lived in Reseda, and she uh, worked at Juvenile Hall. And she would drive from Juvenile Hall to my home and then drive me all the way out to Reseda to the meeting and then drive me back home. And she was not a member of OA. This has to be an Eskimo from I mean. She she was just tremendous, and she did it for a whole year. And after that year was up, she told me that she couldn't do it anymore. I, I, now I was surprised she went at it that long. But I was furious. I, how can she do that? I don't have a car. I don't have a job. I don't have any money. This was That was my story. I really think I started eating when I was two years old. And the reason was my parents had the audacity to have another child. I was the uh, first, I was not the first one, but I was the first one that all the grandparents and all the aunts and all the uncles were present for. Now, I come from a uh, combination family. My mother's family was Mexican, and my father came from Ireland. But there were no Irish there. It was all the others, and they make over in Alcha. They just uh, load you with. And I was the center of attention. And then they had the audacity to have my sister. I didn't, didn't like Margaret very much uh, for quite a few years. Uh, this was the beginning. But it was, it was mild, and that would have been very mild if I hadn't been visited by problems that were far greater. Uh, My whole world came apart. I happened to be, my father was very wealthy. We did not live in the United States. We roamed around for the first uh, seven or eight years of my life. We roamed uh, to all the countries in South America and all over Texas and uh, Central America. And we were scheduled to go to Borneo, um, but then my father became ill. And that was the end of my life as a child. Uh, I became the caretaker of the family. I was only five years old, but my mother received the news uh, that my father was uh, terminally ill. And she, in those days, you did not call everybody on long distance and all about those things that hang on our ears and everything. It is amazing to me that in my lifetime, you had to go to the phone this was in South America, not the United States. And you do like this in order to get, uh, and since then to have uh, progressed to what we have now. And, and the, uh, I mean, the Internet and all that. <laughs> oh, God. 
it, it, it was it's just a, a miracle. But I, I became, uh, my mother just unloaded on me all her problems. Even after my father died, uh, I, uh, she would unload on me. And I was just too young to cope with that, although I thought I had to. And the way I escaped from all that response, then my brother and sister did it, and then all of a sudden I've got aunts and uncles and everybody. Uh, well, Natalie is so good, you can, Ed, you can tell Natalie anything. She never tells anybody, and she's always there and a tower of strength. And I was getting more tower of strength by the day, you know, but I'd expand it. By the time I was 10, I was already that much taller than my mother and about that much wider. And I just kept going and going and going. And uh, I really did not mix well with people my own age because I, because I was so much older than they were. We might have been chronologically the same age, but I, I didn't go in for uh, dolls. I mean, I had a doll that I dressed and fed every day, uh, my little brother. It just was a horrible life, and it kept getting worse and worse. And as as I got older, uh, their responsibility uh, of leaning on me diminished, only I couldn't get used to that, and I just couldn't cope with life. I couldn't make friends. I didn't know how. Uh, all I could do was go to school and, and make very good grades. And even there, I wasn't exactly, I, I had to work at it. But the only way I could do, I wanted attention. And the only way I could get attention was by excelling in some way or another. And it kept getting harder and harder for me to do. Uh, <clears throat> See, how old was I? When I... Hi. When I finally decided that maybe I needed a little help, I weighed 365. I had been fired from the final job because I was teaching school in um, East L.A. And they told me if I missed one more day, uh, one more class, uh, they were going to fire me. And I didn't believe them. Or, or I didn't care, really. It, uh, all I could think of was just putting something in my mouth. And um, I, I got fired. And I was not, I, I was not old, especially as I look at it now. But I was not young. And I thought, what am I going to do? I, uh, I, I'm not trained for anything else but school teaching, and I've been fired from the last job. And uh, a friend of mine, that friend, uh, decided that I needed a meeting, and she knew where I could get help. I did, and I went to my first meeting. And I, I have a very, really I'm very glad for it. I have a very peculiar body in that I can lose weight very fast. I lost uh, 250 pounds in 14 months. And I, was, I did it on something we call gray sheet. You couldn't eat any bread. You couldn't eat any sugar. Um, you, the coffee could not have any milk in it, and you couldn't put any sugar in that. And at that time, the... Uh, only sweetener, artificial sweetener, was twin, and it was god-awful. Uh, so I put saccharin, which was almost as bad. Um, but I did exactly as I was told, and this was not what I normally did. It's amazing to me that I really followed what the instructions that I was given. I do remember uh, the second night, the second meeting I went, we had a meeting every week, and I had sworn the night, that first night, I thought, this is, this is the biggest bunch of shit I have ever seen. And if you think I'm coming back here next week, forget it. Uh, I did not believe in God. I didn't believe in anything, really. 
and I was asked what I thought. They shouldn't have asked me, or maybe they were used to it, because I told them. I told them they were a bunch of kooks, and, and uh, this was it for me. I was ready to go the next week, and I went. And that night, uh, I picked my sponsor. I picked the next heaviest person in the room. And we went out to her car, and uh, we were going over the steps, and she was uh, making me read the third step prayer. And I told her, this is where I part from this. I said, because I do not believe in God, and I am not going to read any prayer. By the way, I was brought up a Catholic. Uh, I said, I'm not reading any prayer. You know. So we argued back, and if I wanted to be done in the program, she was really very patient. Finally, she was at her wit's end, and she said, shut up and say the goddamn prayer. <laughs> And I, I wouldn't let it go. I said, how, if I shut up, how can I say the prayer? It's a wonder she didn't hit me. But uh, I ran ahead and I read it. And uh, I did uh, four steps very quickly. And I just kept uh, losing the weight. I was not surprised when I got to, down to about uh, maybe 2.30 or so. Because I'd done that before. Uh, I'd lost that weight. But I thought, well, any day now, uh, uh, you know, it's going to end. And when, when I kept going down and going down and going down, and I can remember when I went, I went home to, I was, I had a whole bunch of amends to make to people at home, and I went home to visit my mother and her sisters. And um, my mother was as, had as bad eyes as I have now. And she didn't recognize me. For one thing, I was so much thinner. And I got off the plane. But her sisters did. And my mother's first remark on seeing me was, you'll gain it all back. Now, at first I was very, very annoyed at that. It cost me a lot of inventories and a lot of writing and everything. And then I realized, what did you expect? Every time you lost weight, you always gained it back. You're 42 years old now, and you've lost the weight again. What, what do you expect her to think? Uh, I became much more understanding of my mother and her, her problems and everything, and I hated her. I hated her intensely because she deprived me of my childhood. I blamed her for letting my father die which was interesting since uh, the doctors couldn't cure it. It's her fault. Uh, uh, it, 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 she was the one who had caused my life to be the worst. And, and it has taken me uh, any number of years. It is, it's only the last 10 or 15 years that I realized uh, she, she really is a remarkable woman. She'd never worked in her life. She'd always been rich. Uh, and here she is in the middle of the Depression taking care of three kids. Uh, she did a damn good job. But she, after all, she had her problems. And I Im insisted on her being perfect, and she couldn't fit the bill. And I insisted on everybody that I had anything to do with being perfect. And all they did was they were an excellent excuse to eat. If my boss yelled at me, well, he, did, he really, she didn't understand, and uh, nobody understands me anyway, and gee, a piece of chocolate cake is great to solve all this. And it had gotten, really, at the last, uh, my eating had, it was not a piece of anything. I can remember, it, it staggers the mind to think how much I ate. A whole chocolate cake 
I mean a whole one. Not a, it took a little while, like maybe an hour, an hour and a half, uh, to consume, and, and and that wasn't all. I kept. I don't want to go into too much about that. How much I ate, except that it was such, such colossal amounts, and I never ate anything uh, that uh, would have helped me maybe lose a pound or two. I was strictly on, on anything sweet, especially if it was chocolate. Um, heavily fried foods. As a matter of fact, I lost most of my weight uh, that first year on deep fat fried foods because that's all I ate. And my mother was a, a home economist. Uh, when she was in charge of our eating, uh, in front of her, I ate the basic four. And we didn't have all that fried and everything, but I, I grew to be an excellent cook of the wrong kind of food. I mean, I'd get a, I could bet I could get a job over any of these things that deep fry anything. No problem. Uh, and that's what I existed on, and it's no wonder that I gained such an amount of weight. I can remember uh, it really uh, was gifted by being extremely healthy because I did not have any heart trouble. I, I didn't have uh, I didn't get, I got short of breath, but then you go around. Uh, I do not have the frame to carry 365 pounds. I, I climbed 10 steps and then have to wait about 15 minutes before I got my breath to climb the next 10. But it never, uh, I even walked an awful lot. I'd have to stop. I remember I'd stop at fire plugs and sit on them or the benches where you wait for the bus. But I walked. And, of course, one of the main reasons I did is I didn't have a car. But it, it, it's amazing to me what uh, God gave me as far as my physical uh, body to be able to cope with all that. And it is a pleasure nowadays to look, uh, even though I am ancient as all get out, I love looking at the thin body because it, it, it is such a shock to me. Do you remember the, the other day I was taking a shower and I just happened to look down and said, my God, I don't have any stomach. Well, it used to stick out like, you know. And the biggest part of me was upstairs. And I'd go around the corner and I bet two, 20 minutes before the rest of me came around, it come to boobs. Uh, uh, there goes Natalie. You could tell by uh, my boobs. It, it was just horrendous. And all that has been gone so long that I, it's almost to the point where I can't remember it. And I think about that. And how, was, how could I do that? What was it that reached me that I bought right away? Well, for one thing, the people in the room. And I didn't stay. I got in a relationship. I was telling Roy about this. I got in a relationship. I got a job. And I had lost the weight. So what did I need a weight for? And I left. I'd go on occasional meeting, different places, but I wasn't really doing anything. And finally, um, I can remember I had gotten a very good job, and uh, I was a school teacher. But at this time, I was in the um, administrative. It's horrible. But it was prestigious, and I had. I was so impressed with the swivel chair that I could roll around and, you know, in the office and twirl. and I was like a kid. And uh, that soon passed away, and I'm caught with all this responsibility. And I didn't like it. And I kept putting on more and more and more and more weight. And the first time I said, well, it's not 150 yet. 
and several months went by. Well, it's not 175. And several years went by. Well, it's not 190. When it got to 195, I said it wasn't 200, but how close is 195? I didn't weigh anymore. And about two weeks after I had weighed, I went back to OA. And I know that I had gone over the 200. But how much, I have no idea. And it's not important because since then, I, I for 28 years, how can a person who has been so dedicated to doing nothing more than eating all the time, how can she change from that to what has happened now? It, it, the eating part is of minor importance insofar as what the program has done. I'm impressed so much when I hear how it works and I thought, you know, uh, it it didn't impress me at the time. But what is it that that keeps being repeated that you have to have, that you have always had to have, that you want to run your life? I want to control. I can remember praying to God and saying, now you give me the control and then I can handle the whole thing and you can go off and help, help the poor, less unfortunates. Because uh, I'm here and, I, and I'm in charge and I can handle it. Uh, I can't. I always get stymied in, in one place or another. I didn't realize that the control is worked through me by a power that is greater than I am. I am not the control. And that has taken me the full 28 years. Just until about two, two months ago that I, I, it suddenly dawned on me. I said, that's the whole thing. You admit you're powerless. You don't have any control. Not only don't you have any control over food, but you don't have any control, period, on life, on anything that happens to you. You cannot control it. You are given that power, and then you are guided into how it is you're supposed to handle it. But you are not the one that is in total control. I didn't. I think that is my my one of my big character defects. I want the power. I wanted. I realized that I had to have it given to me. But I wanted God to say, "Here, Nat. Now you just go on out there and do whatever it is you want to do. You've got my sanction." And that's. That's not it. Not for me. And I can only speak for myself. It says, admitted. There's the, another thing. I don't admit anything. Anything that is uh, that I consider a detriment. To admit that I'm powerless over food. To admit that I can't control the food that I'm putting in my body. To admit that I can't manage my life. I don't like that. But if I want this program, I've got to do that. And it has gotten easier and easier and easier. But when it begins to start being easy is when I go to step two. Because in step two, I realize, I came. What did you come for? I came so I could believe. So I could believe that there was something that could do this. That could do this business called life. And would give me the ability to do the same thing. But I have to do something in order to get it, and that is turn my will and my life over to the care of God. As I, and I didn't understand the many too well, and I still have a great deal of difficulty. But my God is very loving and puts up with a lot of garbage, which I keep dishing out. I have done all sorts of things in order to surrender to God because that has been my big problem. 
uh, I have put uh, the word God on masking tape and taped it to the bottom of my shoes and gone around. I've been in the sandbox at school because I ended up teaching kindergarten and kicking in the sand. That's what you get. Great, tremendous relief. My God is all loving. I mean, can you imagine the human beings putting up with all that? The first place, uh, you know, I don't care that I'm damn near 78. I act like a three-year-old. I have the good fortune of not living with anybody. But I also have the bad fortune of having mirrors all over the house. And there's one uh, in the dresser right near my bed. And I was getting, I was really getting upset. And I was yelling and screaming. And and I said, Mike, I looked in the mirror and I saw this idiot prancing and dancing and screaming. And I said... Do you know who you remind me of, Natalie? William. William was a little four-year-old that I had in school. And he'd scream like that and carry on and everything. And I said, the difference is that you happen to be about 50 years older than William. And you ought to have gotten a better control of what you're doing. And I thought, I can't. That's my whole problem. In this program, I can admit to being a child and a willful child and incapable of handling situations. And I can ask for guidance. And I can ask my sponsor. And I can write reams and reams on what it is that are my character defects. Uh, and a lot of times, I don't write on my character defects. I write on yours. Because uh, it's okay for me to You just don't act right and I have it all figured out how you should do it. I'm a very imperfect person, but this program makes me tolerate it. And more than tolerate it, makes me accept it and realize that for some reason or other that's that's it. I have it's been going on for years, but it's amazing how in just the last year I have been so impressed with things that I read over and over again. And in reading in the big book, which somebody was nice enough to give me one with great the, the, big, the big print, but I don't read that one because I have it all marked in the other one, and I can't find it to put it in the, the new one. So I go back to the old one, and, and then I have these glasses that are this thick so I can see. Uh, I'm finding out so many things that I completely overlooked that I even marked but that are making such an impression like on page 68 right in the middle it says just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us do will he enable us to match calamity with serenity how many 28 years I've been passing over that uh, it marked and not looking at it. That one and and the one the chapter on uh, how it works. Uh, uh, what we're going to talk about is God. I said you underlined this and you have. If they're going to talk about God, how where have you been and not been paying any attention so that you could get the benefit of this? And yet, despite all that, uh, see, my God is so loving in that I have been able to live a very productive and very good life, so different from the one that I have lived before. And it's simply because I am doing this program, and sometimes I don't think I'm very critical of myself as well as of other people. Even so, my higher power is not. And I am given the ability so that in step three, I can turn my will and my life over. 
and the steps that I four okay yes I did the inventory and I still do them and all that and, and uh, five fine and dandy but it's it's six and seven that are the big ones most people say six uh, my big one is seven because then I realize that I have always thought that I was the one that was going to remove the defects. And it says, became ready, six, became ready to have God remove the defects. And I'm becoming ready. It, it, why does it just... And, and in seven, then humbly ask him to remove it. And I'm so impressed in the OA uh, 12 step, the, the seventh step in... It is the most beautiful one, as far as I'm concerned, in the OA book. Because there on, uh, I think it's page 71, it says, uh, humility, acceptance, goes with humility. And humility, as painful as it may be, is something that we have to accept. So that we go, and when we ask God, to, this, is, this is the way I am. I have finally accepted this is the way I am. And without your help, I can't change. I had never seen that. Again, I'd marked it, but so what? Uh, Apparently, I marked things, and then later on, they began to seep in. Each time I I, uh, go to a meeting, I hear something that I hadn't heard before. Each time, uh, a great many times, people will call me on the telephone. My uh, phone, most people think that I'm not there. It's that I'm getting all these calls. And I ought to have call waiting, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I procrastinate like mad. Uh, It's that I'm on the line with people. What a joy. I was a recluse. I never met anybody. Now people call me all the time. I said, how do you think people calling me to help them? I don't know what. The words come out, and I'm astounded. I said, well, I don't know if they'd help them anything, but I, I don't. God, I didn't know I could be so profound. Uh, it's just that as you do, and, and I'm not unique. There any number. Okay, I forgot your name, which is, this, this happens to you. Wait till you get 70. Uh, what is your name? Marta, but in 20, 20 years, you mean she hasn't? The hell she hasn't. She, you want to hear something good? Go to her. Roy, go to him. Anybody who has 15 years or more, they've been through this day after day after day, coming to meetings, doing it, day after day after day. They know exactly. Now, they, they may get uh, a little, uh, as my grandfather used to say, petulant, but... Uh, Because they're human. But we know. We're given that power to know. And we know that if we just stick with it, it's going to happen and it'll be just beautiful. Like this is this this, uh, New York thing. Of course, like everybody else, I said, why? Why? Why would this happen? And I'll tell you. There's a story in uh, the AA... uh, about the mule, the guy with the mule, he sold the mule and, and the new owner couldn't get it to do anything. So he took it back to the original owner and the original owner hit the mule over the head with the two by four. 
And when somebody said, why would, they let, would he let it happen? I said, maybe he wanted to get our attention. Because when the guy hit the mule over the head with the uh, two-by-four, he said, you have to get his attention. And there must be some reason why we have to be drawn in focus. And maybe that's not it at all. But I wondered if maybe not, because that's all I've thought of. Why and how and when? And then I thought, look, in this program, I don't know about any, any other, but I can just say, look, God, this is too much. I don't have the foggiest notion what to do or where to do or where to go, just like I didn't have the foggiest notion with my food, just like I don't have the foggiest notion with any number of problems that I have. I'm going to be just like the little kids that I had in kindergarten who would bring me all these things and then say, fix it. And just, okay, God, fix it. There, here, here it is. Fix it. Here I am. I don't know how to do any of this. Fix, fix it. Fix it so it won't. My God is, is someone that I can trust that much and that has been given to me by being a member of OA and going to meetings and having a sponsor and writing inventories and doing everything they suggest that I do. And above all, not indulging in excessive eating. Now, I would love for you to think that I have been squeaky clean back. Oh, this is what we used to say in the olden days have 20 days of squeaky clean back-to-back abstinence. Yes, in the next 21st one you broke it probably. But I don't have squeaky clean. I have thought in my head, wouldn't it be great if I could. I have not eaten any of the all those binge things. But to want to eat just a little more, I have wanted it. And I have said, well, it won't but something stops me, and it cannot be Natalie. The thought is there, and she wants it, and, she, and if she doesn't get it, then she's going to plan when she can get it later. These are old ideas, and what usually does is it drives me to go sit down and write about it and call my sponsor and get rid of it, or call somebody that I know. Uh, I don't have to call just my sponsor, although that's a better communication. And then do what it says. And it goes away. It isn't like it, it used to be. Uh, I just would be like this. But I was given the power. And I, in, the, in the beginning, it was like that. I'd, I'd shake. And I, and I didn't do it. Not that first one. After I came back in 73, I came back. And it's from September 18, 1973, that I have the 28 years. Those uh, other eight years I was practicing. Uh, It's here for anybody who wants it. And I can just say this much. If God could take somebody who was doing absolutely nothing but eating, who weighed 365 pounds and just sat there and did nothing but stuff her face and make her someone who is productive, who is willing to be of service, who is not perfect, but is willing to go to any length to get this program. If he can do that with her, he can do it with anybody. And I think I'm through. Anybody got any questions? Yes.
Yes, I repeat the question. How do I keep it? Do I do uh, 12 and 12? A lot of times all I do is uh, get on my knees and say, you know, you've got to help me. I can't do this. I, got, I, I need help. Everything's going wrong. Nobody's doing anything right, including me. And it doesn't instantly catch like that. I have to constantly... In the beginning, I would call people... Uh, and then there weren't that many people to call. And I would call, uh, you know, when you can call, uh, call on the telephone and get the time. At the sound of the tone, the time. Will, and I'd just keep yelling and screaming uh, while, uh, and reading whatever I had written. I did that. I called Dial a Prayer, which used to make me want to throw up. But it was the voice. Uh, but I did it anyway. And uh, just any any contact with another voice, because when I came in, there were uh, only about seven people that I had any contact with. And if I couldn't get in touch with them, well, then that was the way it was. Did I help? Just keep praying. Any other questions? Uh, my, I am on a diet now that has nothing to do with OA. I'm an asthmatic, and I have been taken off of practically everything that has any taste to it. Uh, so, uh, before that, I was almost what you could call gray sheet. I had uh, brought, uh, brought in foods that weren't on it that uh, I included. For one, one thing, I ate, uh, not all the time, but I occasionally ate bread. Uh, have a sandwich or something like that, um, and I certainly had put. I had a cappuccinos ad nauseum, uh, so it wasn't quite gray sheet, but I was very, very strict. Now I can't. I can't do any of that. I can't even have coffee. Mm. That bothers me. No coffee. I broke that one this morning. I said I'm having coffee. Did you have a question? Is it time for me to shut up? Yes, it was not. I have not liked it, and I've appeared at meetings and talked about it. I felt that I felt actually deprived. I felt that it was very unfair. I can remember yelling and saying. It, which shows you what a child, really, basically a child I am. I yelled and screamed at God and said, didn't I give up chocolate cake for you? How could, how could you do this to me? Because I can't, nothing has any taste. I mean, I told you I was part Mexican. I can't have salsa. I can't have, uh, I'm used to cooking things with a lot of spices, oregano, cumin, and uh, nothing. It tastes like bleh. But I'm beginning to, I said, my God, even with this, you're beginning to acquire a taste. If you, if you keep eating it all the time, I can't see what it says. Uh, if you begin doing it, uh, things that you never thought would have any taste have taste. Like spinach and, uh, and Brussels sprouts and all, and all the green ones. Don't eat anything that has any taste.
and then just certain uh, certain kinds of uh, chicken prepared, prepared a certain way and uh, an occasional piece of meat. And I've gotten to where, okay, this is a gift of the program. This, Accept the things you cannot change. You can't do anything about this. If you could do it, you'd do it. So uh, accept and, and then change the things. What is it that I can change? My attitude. This is it, so okay, I'll do it. There's a line from Babe. As the cow says in Babe, the way things are is the way things are. Did you have a question? I used to search out, but there's something that happens when you've got a few years. But when I had 15 years, really I had more years than practically anybody in the program except maybe Maxine. And uh, uh, they just started calling me. Uh, I didn't read. At first, yes, I did. but And then I made a lot of mistakes. It was I wasn't too good at that. I'd rather have them call me. And don't be afraid to call me. I don't bite. Yes, whoever it was back there. And how do you define, has the definition of your absence changed throughout the 28 years? Does it remain the same? Like the bottom line abstinence? Bottom line abstinence was no sugar. No chocolate. I was very rigid. And now I don't even, see, I can't remember. Because it just, uh, after a while it became automatic. I did gray sheet, and on gray sheet you don't eat any any carbohydrates except there's there's little lists uh, and you go according to the little lists. Now now see I don't do it so I I, I can't remember uh, now I'm on this damned spinach thing so I <laughs> spinach and plums. Oh, um, Natalie with the. Uh all the horrible things that happen in this world, how do you not get angry at God and stay connected to your higher power? I, I don't get angry at God anymore. I question and I complain, but I have gotten to the point where, as far as I'm concerned, there is a power that is greater. When I argued, it was because I really didn't believe there was such a thing. And I was still seeking assurance that there was. Now I know it has been dem- demonstrated in my life. And I don't get angry. I may question and wonder, uh, but I usually get an answer. Which to other people may not be the appropriate answer, but that it's, it's, it works for me. I don't expect other people to have to feel what I feel about it. It just works. Try it. Get one for yourself and you'd be amazed. What is it before you're halfway through? (laughs) Did you have your hand up back there? No. See, you have to let... Well, I do not go by the big book inventory. I came in with a guy who was kind of weird, but <laughs> he was tremendous. His name was Bob Rack. 
and he had this thing called Applied Principles of Alcoholic Recovery. And we had an outline, 21 pages, of things that we did uh, and the questions that we answered and that we wrote on. We had finished that. There isn't anything else to talk about. Uh, <laughs> what I basically still will do is if I'm really troubled about something, I will write on the seven deadly sins, uh, on uh, greed, jealousy, um, what's the one that begins with pride? <laughs> That's, isn't it interesting how I forgot pride? Uh, those. Because then it will make me focus on something's wrong here. What is it? And I also write on, uh, I get more out of uh, how it works than just about anything else. And I will write, write on that down to where it starts the steps. Now, the steps, fine. But I get so involved in what it said in there about control and everything else that I don't, uh, and then uh, for me, analyzing it to where I can go on from there. I do that an awful lot. I, lo I love to write on the book. As they sing Spanish.